Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Podding Ain't Easy here on the Rogue Opinions podcast and feed. I am one half of Team Goverl, one half of the team that brings you these podcasts in the name of honour. I am Scott Mathieu, joined as always by the full effect of my dinjar and Carl Pierce. Hello everybody, yeah, honour, something I don't know a lot about if I'm perfectly honest, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with it. <laughs> No, he really doesn't, really. He's more reprehensible than you people realise. He just, he just <laughs> hates it well. <laughs> but we are here to talk about the Book of Boba Fett finale, probably long after everybody else has brought you their opinions about the finale, but that is the rogue opinions way of things. Doing stuff long after they're relevant. Like, it's been that long, oh, another Wednesday has already passed, where we didn't have something on Disney Plus to watch, no new releases, and I even messaged you saying, like, this is how well Disney is infecting my brain. I don't feel right on a Wednesday if I don't have, if I have my lunch break, I don't have a new Marvel or Star Wars thing to watch. Yeah, I know. It was it was a bit confusing. I was like Wednesday thinking, oh, that's nothing new to watch. What, what's going on? And, and I think, you know, the clue is in the name. I mean, we wouldn't be rogue if we did stuff properly, would we? <laughs> Yeah, we take the Orange Cassidy approach to reviews. We just we we'll get to them when we get to them. <laughs> yeah, we're here with our hands in our pockets. Who else pods with their hands in their pockets? Naked men don't because they're naked. Just the way we're not talking about the Eternals or uh, some Ike on this podcast because I wouldn't trust Carl to have his hands in his pockets. Let's <laughs> 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 just not go there. <laughs> Uh, don't don't deny it. Anywho, speaking of, before we get into uh, Boba Fett, we do have some Marvel and uh, Star Wars stuff to talk about. Uh, first off, we have a trailer that everyone's been talking about recently, which is the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness a trailer, more extended kind of look. We get to see some new looks of just how weird this film is going to be. Obviously, being directed by by Sam Raimi, we get to see more of Wanda in this trailer. But Carl, thing everybody wants to talk about is well, not we didn't get to see him, but we heard him. And there's only one person that has that voice, bloody Patrick Stewart is in this movie. Yeah, apparently so. Um, a lot of the theories are that he's going to be part of this group called the Illuminati, uh, mm-hmm. some sort of big shot group in the Marvel universe. It's not something I know a huge amount, but obviously there's been a lot of talk about that, which would make which would which would make sense for, you know, what's going on with everything. Yeah. Uh and I believe like the comic book version of the Illuminati like was first introduced before the whole like conspiracy theory community or whatever you call them started talking about things like the Illuminati. So I think Marvel said of the curb on that one, but it gives a new context nowadays known what we can think of when we hear the word Illuminati, but yeah, they're kind of this like group in the Marvel in the Marvel like comic universe to kind of trying to say things for the good of everybody, even though they're not always popular. Usually, the group is Strange, Black Panther, Professor Xavier, Iron Man, Reed Richards, those kind of people. Obviously, they're doing something different. I think the theory is that's going to be like variants of different characters from across different universes. Obviously, this new ponytail variant of Aaron Mordo, see, I'm assuming he's on the group. Also, the rumours of the Captain Carter cameo, maybe she'll be on the group. But the most insane rumour is that somehow they're going to get an alternate version of Iron Man in this, 
which people assume is being played by Tom Cruise. I mean, I'm down. I am down for that. To be honest, if that if that really is the case, I don't know how concrete these rumours are. Yeah. I mean, there's a shot that a lot of people think it looks like Iron Man, but I think I go with the theory that it, it like looks like a variant of like Captain Marvel at one point, like in Wanda in the trailer. But either way, it looks cool. So it might be a variant of like our do- the daughter of Carol's friend Marco Rambo, who we saw in One Vision. No, she got powers in that show. But I just I think the whole thing about I think what it is about Tom Cruise being Iron Man is that he apparently was one of the actors mentioned when uh, they were trying to cast Iron Man back in like, 2007, 2008. But can you imagine how differently things would have turned out? Like, try to put one of those Iron Man or Avengers moves together with the, with the guy that Tom Cruise was so insistent on doing his own stunts. <laughs> yeah, it'd be pure chaos. Yeah, he'd probably kill himself in one of the, making one of the Avengers movies by this point. It really wouldn't be surprising. But, uh, yeah, uh, whether it would have taken off like it did i mean i don't think anyone's been as perfectly cast in a role as um robert downey jr as um iron man to be perfectly honest yeah i think it was one of those cases where like the mentality was you want to launch this new movie franchise with a character that was relatively unknown outside of the media comic fans like iron man a big star and that and they went with roger jr whose career was a bit on a bit of a downward peak and also this Followed by like the Sherlock Holmes film the next year, that kind of helped revitalise his career at that point. So yeah, I, I agree with you. It would have been it probably would have, it probably was the right choice. But like like the idea of this like Charles Xavier kind of character, because it also helps further make you think, well, how is this going to be the way into like the X Men uh, come into the MCU? But the fact that they gave this away in the trailer makes me think there's some more cameos that are going to be even more shocking that they're not even telling us about because. Like you think about when we talk about No Way Home, like everybody and their granny could knew that the other Spider-Man were going to show up, but they refused to give us even a short glimpse in the trailer, didn't they? Wait, what? The other Spider-Man show up? Oh, now you've now you've completely ruined it for me, Scott. Thanks a bloody bunch. I said everybody going into it knew that it was going to happen, but I didn't say it did happen because <laughs> I know you're one of the only people left on the face of the earth that hasn't seen the movie. Exactly, and I'm never going to watch it just to be an awkward, just to be an awkward git. You're gonna be like one of those guys, like during break, like during like Game of Thrones, is like peak. We go, oh, I don't watch it. Don't, don't I see more interesting because I don't watch this show that everyone else likes. Yep, I was like that actually for for ages, and then i stumbled across an episode and i thought oh what's this this is actually quite good so i so i got to binge watch um five five series in like three weeks <laughs> i mean i can't really be any different i mean i wasn't like that but i didn't discover it until like season three was starting to air on like sky atlantic or whatever channel it was so me and my brother started watching me but it wasn't until like towards the end of season one we started really get into it. so we basically over the course of a weekend binge the last half of season one and all of season two <laughs> <laughs> but anyway we've gone way off track is there anything else in this trailer obviously there's so many like shots of different characters where you're always wondering because of the multiverse is that the real them or is it a version of them like you yeah don't know what exactly is going on it looks like we see uh, a variant of um scott the witch by the looks of it 
because mm-hmm. she certainly looks certainly dresses and she's got dresses differently got darker hair and mm-hmm. she she sort of uh sort of insinuates she might battle against uh dr strange she sort of says something about you do this you're seen as a hero i do it and i'm i'm the villain so mm-hmm. um some interesting dialogue there that um makes you wonder what might actually happen yeah, I think like they've not really been confused on who the real villain is in this movie. I think it's going to be a combination of like one that that darker version of Strange that mm. we saw at the end of the last trailer. You see him public in here, uh, and and Scarlet Witch because she's kind of obsessed with you know getting back to her children, uh, which she lost at the end of One Division. And so I think that might be her goal, like looking through universes to see find one where they actually do exist and try to recreate what she had when she was in Westview. And I've got to give props to Benedict Cumberbatch as well, because even though it's only a brief clip of this variant in the trailer, he just seems so different, doesn't he, somehow? And, you know, he's portrayed by the same actor, portraying pretty much the same character, but he's somehow managing to do a completely different take on him. And it's so subtle, but you can sort of see it there, can't you, if that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's also a couple of brief glimpses of another version of Doctor Strange with like a bit of like white through his beard and hair, and he's got a ponytail. Like you people see who his name's apparently his name in that variant's called Defender Strange, and we only know that because they released an action figure of him already. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. He's playing at least three versions of the same character. You know, showing quite the range of how much how many more will he play? We don't know because I don't know if it's that same Dark Strange that we see at the end of the trailer. You, Looks almost zombie-like, kind of like that Marvel Zombies episode we saw. Mm. And there's one. Is there was one when he sort of binds with this octopus thing, and he has tentacles and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, if I don't get tentacle Doctor Strange, I'll want <laughs> my money back. You have to go see the film first, Carl, and you know, given your track record, I don't know if you will. Like the new thing seems to be with these these new superhero movies that they have to be closest to years along. We know we home was that like apparently Doctor Strange will be as well as well the Batman. So the idea of the length of this movie tells me that there's going to be a lot of different people showing up in cameos or extended kind of roles that they need to try and fit in. Uh, and looking more into this film, I've heard that part of the reason they did do all these reshoots that we talked about some time ago is that I think at one point they wanted this to come out before No Way Home. So, and there was a talk of like the scene between him and Wanda in that that field was going to be like added on to like the end of Wanda Vision. Ah, I think there were so many rumors like they teased somebody so big showing up, and everybody was like, "Oh, it's going to be like Doctor Strange or someone like that," and he just never showed up, and everyone was like, "Huh, okay." Mad, isn't it? You just never know. There's that, that many rumours that float about these projects. It's, it's hard to say. But yeah, what, what is it with these films? This, they're like, we want to test the, the population's bladder control or something by running these movies for three plus hours. I, don't, I have no idea. You know, they're, they're getting out of control, so they are. They're just they're trying to make them bigger and bigger, and then they'll have to make the run times bigger. I don't know what's happening, but... <laughs> uh, I think what's interesting, I mentioned one division that I think this one this is going to be the first film to probably connect to a lot of the TV shows that we've been go- having so far. Yeah, got- 
Don't you? I, wonder if, I wonder if they, I wonder if they'll say Kang. Mm. Yeah, people are. I heard that one theory. That also, everyone's got their own theories, and you know, they like opinions and like assholes. Everyone's got one, but there's <laughs> some people who believe that maybe we'll get because he mentioned it there in the Loki. There's so many versions of him. Will we get a version of him on that on that group of the Illuminati? Because clearly they're taking their own spin on it, so we won't get the exact version of the Illuminati from the comics. You got. He's also the tone of obviously what Strange has done to affect the multiverse, and he is guilty of that in some way. But you would think about Loki, like Sylvie killing that version of He Who Remains, obviously has something to do with that as well. So he's not entirely at fault here for what happened to the multiverse. And so you think got that, it's probably going to connect somehow to one division. But then also there have been some parallels to kind of what if, although we mentioned that in Evil Doctor Strange. Mm. And, he goes out into the street and sees the way that the buildings are kind of falling apart. It does look like the way he destroyed his own reality in that one episode of, of What If. Yeah, you, you, you're right. Um, it'd be quite interesting if it does sort of um, go into what they did in the end of Loki with, as I say, it was, as you say, it was Sylvie killing that variant of Kang that sort of broke down the barriers and made the, the timelines fracture and everything. So, yeah, it, it could be, um, there's quite a few ways they could take this, which is really interesting. And there's a lot like a bit where he, he, you see him get handcuffed and stuff, don't you, in Benedict Wong's character sort of says, you you know, you broke the laws of reality and mm-hmm. some such. And uh, so it looks like he might even like get some arrested or, or something at some juncture in it. So, and I quite like the, the sort of visuals of, the way everything seems to be breaking down, he's like, like um, sort of like a broken doorway floating in space or whatever. That all looks pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I do like the scene also where, like, you see him uh, falling through time. He's kind of faces turning like cubes or whatever. He's falling through these different realities. Yeah, it reminds me of like the, the fight scene between Ultron and the Watcher, and the second last episode where they're just fighting and they keep shattering through different. Universes. I want to see a scene like that. So I see as many weird, different alternate universes as they can cram in, even if it's just for a few seconds. Uh, and the bit where you can say where he gets arrested, it does look like he's been brought before the Illuminati, and there's like these Ultron-esque robots helping. Yeah, uh, I noticed that. I thought they looked a bit Ultron-ish. Mm-hmm. I like, like, I like the interior. I think we should have known that also would maybe something to do with Patrick Stewart, Charles Xavier showing up because. Uh, I think the interior way it looks, uh, that, and as I that building has been brought it does look similar to like when they go down the cerebral kind of rooms in the uh, the old like mm. uh, Brian Singer X Men movies. Uh, but you know, you always wonder what version of of for his strikes is this because I'm sure in the fucked up continuity of the Fox X Men movie, he's died at least twice. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but you know, there might it might be a variant of him that. It's still alive, or some, or some such. Who, who yeah. knows? But I just like I, I know they, they play around with dialogue, fitting in scenes and and whatnot with trailers. But I like, I like the sort of thing he says. Shall we tell him the truth? So mm. it's like there's something to learn there, which could be interesting if that's how it does play out. Yeah, I think there's also more about the multiverse that he doesn't know. That they want to tell him about also that he's somehow been involved in like you know, maybe I'll go back to that line he's, he's, that was in the No Way Home tour the, when he said the multiverse is something we know frighteningly little about yeah exactly I mean this might be 
this might be before you know we see the sort of dark version of himself, and that's what they sort of tell him about. Who who knows? It's, it could you know it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to look into there. Not enough Wong in the trailer, mind you. You know, I'll, I want to see a decent amount of uh, of Wong as a character. He's a good kind of side character to to Strange. Uh, so more of him, please. You know, you've got to scrap, squeeze a lot of other people in. But based on what we've been talking about, the idea of variants and everything, and who might be cameoing in this, who who's who's the most out there kind of cameo that you'd probably like to see in this movie? Oh God, now you're putting me on the spot. Uh... I don't know. I mean, could he get much more out there than Tom Cruise's Iron Man? <laughs> I mean, out there as in terms of a per- of an actor? No, there's nobody more out there than Tom Cruise, probably. Uh, as a character, God, uh, I don't know, to be honest, mate. I'm not very good on put on the spot with these sort of things. If I, if I could have prepared... <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. well, then, we'll come back. If it comes to you later, then, fair enough. I, I've heard rumours, I, I don't know how valid these are, but I'd like to see if they were true. Like, uh, I want to, the rumours that somehow Tom Hiddleston will show up as Loki, I'm assuming that's the, the version we saw in the Loki like, TV show, uh, which I hope he does because I don't want him to be like Phil Coulson and that he's still, still alive out there and no, none of the main MCU characters know about it. Mm. Uh, and also, this is out there, but they said he's getting a third movie that will somehow be within the MCU. Give me Deadpool. <laughs> Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man. There we go. You can ask him about it. I'm sure he'll deny it to see. <laughs> and to be fair, Ryan Miles was asked, are you in Doctor Strange? And he said he wasn't. But again, again, how do we know what to believe anymore? Exactly. Well, tell us anything. <laughs> like that Will Smith concussion movie. Tell the truth. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you anything else you want to say about the Doctor Strange? I mean, I'm firmly excited just on the possibilities of who might be might show up, even if they don't show up. But I'm excited. Yeah, no, I've got a bit of add, but yeah, like yourself, I'm pretty excited by it as well, and I can't wait to to see it ten months after it's been released. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure this will be have a quicker turnaround to go on a Disney Plus. You know, unlike Spider-Man No Way Home, where we don't know what that will happen with that in terms of you know, you know, release and like video on demand. Because you know, I don't think any of the other Tom Holland Spider-Man movies are on Disney Plus because of that weird Sony relationship. So, God knows what's happening there. Yeah, who's it's could it could be like in um, streaming hell forever. <laughs> could be, it could be, but something that we'll we'll get definitely something we're getting very soon, and we're both very excited about. You know, needing new Star Wars. Well, May will be a big month because also I think Midnight will be wrapping up. We'll have Doctor Strange, and then at the end of May, we thought it'd be on May the fourth, but it isn't. I believe it's the twenty fifth or May. It, yeah, coming out, which is apparently yeah the forty fifth anniversary of the first ever Star Wars movie being released in theaters. Uh, is Obi Wan Kenobi the TV series? I believe six episodes have been uh, have been confirmed to be happening uh, with David Chow as the showrunner and New McGregor back as Obi Wan Kenobi. Nothing much really talked about it. Just we saw a bit of a, a poster of like older Obi Wan kind of in the midst of Tatooine, 
Oh, I know we've uh, been on Tatooine for like five, at least five or so out of the seven episodes we've got Boba Fett, but I'm hopeful we don't spend too much time on Tatooine because the concept art promise like us going off world. No, Tatooine's a good planet and everything, but I think we've maxed out the stories we can tell on that one planet. Yeah, um, maybe has to go off world for some some sort of reason or something. Who who knows? Obviously, other characters off world. There's rumours we might see an Inquisitor in this. So whether an Inquisitor comes hunting hunting him or or Baby Luke or something. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Darth Vader sort of um, figures into this all as well. Uh, you know, it's quite a, a newish Darth Vader. You know, he's new, still quite new to the suit and stuff. So there's a lot of theories bouncing around that we might see a, a, a sort of a youngish Darth Vader coming to terms with the limitations of the suit and, and whatnot, perhaps. Mm. And uh, I've hopefully learned to not just randomly shout, no! <laughs> got to add those no, got to add those no's in. <laughs> so, uh, I think, yeah, we, I think we have pretty much confirmed that there will be at least one or two Inquisitors in this. But on the rumour going around that Rupert Fiend's uh, character in the movie, obviously that hasn't been confirmed yet, but that his character in the show is going to be that of a live-action version of the Eden Grand Inquisitor, who we saw introduced in Rebels. I believe in the in the Rebel TV show, he was actually voiced by uh, Jason Isaacs, uh, well-known from films like uh, the Harry Potter films where he played Draco's dad. But, you know, obviously, I wouldn't put it past him because, obviously, we've uh, no stranger seen these uh, live-action like adaptations of characters, both Katana, Ahsoka, and more, most recently Cad Bane. Yeah, definitely. It's um, that could come to pass. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how this all. Again, I keep saying it because we don't. You just don't know what the story is. So I'm just looking forward to seeing Ewan McGregor reprise the role as Obi Wan Kenobi again, and um, seeing how you know what the story is and how things go. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In the original Star Star Wars, like. Vader sort of makes out that he hasn't seen Obi-Wan since the events um, I forget the planet's name, you know, when um, when yeah. they have their, their last jewel so I'd be surprised if they, they actually come face to face in this, but but who knows they might find a, a way around it to make it work mm-hmm. Yeah, even if it's still early on in his team with Darth Vader they can kind of maybe get around it, seven them short like face off once but uh, I don't think we'll see much of a. If there is a, a lightsaber fight, it'll be between Obi Wan and probably an Inquisitor, but none of actually Obi Wan versus Darth Vader. So I wouldn't get your hopes up in that regard. Yeah, it'd be it'd be quite strange if they have this really cool battle that's a lot better than the one they had in the first film. Yeah, obviously. because like, it would be. Do you think also this is have to chronologically flow into? A new hope, so it'd be weird to say, like, oh well, remember the last time when we were flipping about? Let's just stand here and just lightly tap each other. <laughs> yeah, okay, I think, uh, well, George Lucas' original idea for lightsabers was they were maybe a bit heavier, like actual swords, which I think is why they've they've worked that kind of story into like the heaviness of the blade for the dark saber. So, 
the nice wee touch there. But, you know, we were talking about the Doctor Strange trailer. I'm hopeful that, given how we've got the confirmation today and the fact that, you know, we're coming towards the end of February, that it can't be too long until we get some sort of trailer. It doesn't have to be long. Just give me a minute worth, like, just any little bit of footage we can actually talk about rather than just posters and concept art because I can't get much from that. Yeah, just yeah, just give us some that we can watch 10,000 times before the programme starts. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Very much. So, that's... We've got all the Star Wars stuff to totally come. We still have Star Wars to talk about. We have to round out the adventures of Boba Fett. You know, we're trying to become the crime lord of Tatooine in the last episode, episode seven, in the name of honour. And, you know, we pretty much pick up right from, uh, well, not from the exact end of the last episode, because we saw Grogu, but from, from the last, we saw the storyline that's happened on Tatooine, where also the sanctuary was bombed at the end of the last episode. And because of the aftermath, there's nobody around, so you can basically assume that pretty much everyone that you confirmed seeing on camera, they're all dead now, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the the toast. I think we can safely say. Yeah, so yeah, been confirmed there, and they're looking around. Also, they know that they both feel like he needs to retaliate. We see Din Jaren coming in, so basically he's just come back from his meeting with Cobb and doesn't have any idea what's happened with Cad Bane and everything. And so they're under the assumption that the people of Freetown are coming to, to help them. And obviously not knowing, them not knowing what happened with Caribbean was a nice touch, I thought, and also gives you that tangible idea, like, all this helped motivate the people from Fita to come help them. So you're kind of left wondering for, like, the first half or so, thinking, will they get the help they need? Yeah, it does cast doubt in your mind, doesn't it? That, uh, yeah, are, are they going to be severely outnumbered here? Mm-hmm. Joseph mentions the longest episode they've done so far. We had, it was like an hour long and I remember when I seen the, the run time, I thought this is good because like they've still they still had a lot going into this episode that they had to pay off. Yeah, definitely. Uh, no problem with the runtime being a bit longer. As uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It was because uh, you know you got at least like dedicate ten minutes to those overly long credits they insist on doing. <laughs> at least we got a, a scene in the middle of them. Uh, so we had, we say they were going to go back to, you know, the, the palace and all wait there, but the mod kind of convinced Boba that he needs to stay within the city and there are people that need his protection here and like, you can't just go and hide away in your, your palace. You want to earn the respect of the people you need to fight here. And so Boba re- agrees with that and they spread out the troops among, you know, Mos Espa with a them all in the different territories. Mods in one territory, the Gawarians in one territory, and this Black Crescent and looking as badass as he does in one of the other territories. But uh, it's during this uh, period of time where the we do learn those, we do we are reminded that the mayor definitely is within the the pocket of the pikes. He's sitting there with the bike leader and Cadbane goes to visit them, uh, even though he's supposedly on a scheduled vacation off world, according to his. Uh, to his assistant, who they've, they've still got captured, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He had some fire moments, but they really tested, you know, my tolerance for how much this guy got involved. <laughs> I don't know about you. What, the assistant mayor? Yeah. 
I know. I, 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 just, I find it quite funny, actually. I, I, I don't. I, I sort of don't. I don't mind the character to an extent. So I, I was all right with it. But yeah, the the actual mayor's is as shady as hell. And um, in that meeting with the Pikes, um, uh, in the meeting with Cad Bane and the Pikes, the Pikes admit it was them who slaughtered the Tuscan Raiders and made it look like it was that biker gang. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something we we both sort of um, talked about and thought might be the case um, when Fennec Shan wasn't convinced that the bikers could take out the uh, Tuscan Raiders. So um, yeah, that sort of we sort of, some like an early prediction coming true, basically. Yeah, I remember when the idea was floated around by people online. I thought, no, I mean you're kind of reaching there that you wanted it to be more about like the fact that they are. They're dead, also that already impacted them. And then I remember sitting down to watch it, and then he said that, Yes, we'd be sure of it ourselves. And I'm like, Oh, you bastards. Mm. <laughs> and then they do like, He thinks the striders to them, and like, We left evidence to encourage such a. I just thought, So they framed the poor striders, and they all got mowed down in cold blood when they didn't need to be. I'm sure they've killed enough people in the room, right? But they weren't guilty in this particular case, and that's the point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well said. Yeah, they 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 probably do deserve it from some aspect, but yeah, not for what they actually did get killed for. But there you go. Yeah, the Pikes. Uh, we're starting to see why the Pikes are so feared uh, amongst the galaxy. Cause, uh, mm-hmm. They're they're, very, they're they're big in number and they're very wily and cunning mm-hmm. by the looks of it. Yeah. So. Ben comes in, also nonchalant he is about uh, what he did with Cad with, Cad, with uh, Cobb Van. I mm. uh, even say that he killed him, goes, did you convince him to remain neutral? And he just kind of looks at them with those steely red eyes and goes, yes, I did. <laughs> Doesn't even say, no, I killed them, but you know. <laughs> I think they got the message. <laughs> and then we learned that the, I can't remember what the species is of the, of the mayor who's still voiced by Robert Rodriguez, who did direct this this finale episode. Obviously, as he directed the first one, yeah. We learned that he's got a species of two stomachs because at one point he says, "We got about as much as your two stomachs can handle." Yeah, that was a nice little touch. We see that the mayor, no, even though he's thrown in, he's definitely a very shitty character. As we've seen in the series, he's not overly keen on the amount of violence and how this has escalated. He goes like. You know, I, I don't, like, I made a deal and everything, I'm willing to honour it, but I did not approve the sanctuary, like, get involved and things like that. Yeah, definitely. So, um, it's perhaps not, as, as obviously not as well as the Pikes and Cad Bane, but, uh, yeah, he, he's probably hoping, he's probably just hoping to make a fast buck by aligning himself with a slot and it's all it's all escalated beyond <laughs> his control basically. Yeah. And then I like to Cad Bane reacting upon hearing like uh what happened with the the fakes and the, the raiders and everything and he says to them like I didn't realise the pikes were so ruthless and he was like and they basically he just found like you were trying to uh you know get protection money from us and everything and uh is that the idea they didn't take too kindly to what Boba Fett did with the train? So obviously this was their retaliation and everything. And then he goes, and you see kind of almost a, as close as a smell you'll get to to Cabez. You see how his mind works. Basically, asked, 
does Boba Fett know this information? And then realizes, like, you see, he's trying to formulate a plan to, you know, mm. use information against them. Yeah, you you pretty much knew from there he was gonna bring it up to Boba Fett uh, at some point during this episode. Mm-hmm. And I believe it's gonna say we get an X wing flying over uh, and coming towards a uh, Billy Moto's kind of bay, and then she can see an X wing and she's panicking because uh, she, uh, we, we, as we can tell, she's done some illegal dealings and everything. She's got some stuff that maybe the new public wouldn't be keen on finding that she's got. <laughs> So she's basically getting the droids to hide things, thinking it's some sort of new Republic officer pulling in. Yeah, and she's shouting out, oh, I just filed my papers just before you landed. What a coincidence. <laughs> and it's like, because it reminds me, like, this is an old reference, but I know I'm sure there's some UK listeners who love this, but I know Fools and Horses, there's an episode where Rodney goes out with a policewoman, and honestly, Delboy's dealings are often very shader. So when he notices that he and the police want to come out there, he tries to get his granddad to hide some illegal things. Hmm. He's like, hi, things, what things? Everything. (laughs) 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 Uh, So that's what made me up. But no, it was a payoff to something that we didn't, I didn't realise we get a payoff so early in this episode. I thought this would be like towards the end of the episode or we even theorised that we wouldn't get this reveal until until Mando season three, but we see R2, so we know it looks X-Wing, and then nobody shows up, and then out pops little Grogu. So it's like, he made his decision, we see that he's got the chainmail on under his coat, and, you know, R2 is basically flowing it for him. And the best moment of this scene is her, her finding out what his real name is, like, Grogu? That's a terrible name. <laughs> Pretty much what a lot of the fans were thinking when we heard that name, to be fair. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's the, probably the reason for it, a bit of vindication you know, for those of you who still like call him the child or baby Yoda or whatever you want to call him. <laughs> but, uh, what did you think? Were you shocked to see that not only did we get find out you know, what his decision was so well in the episode, but the fact that he chose Mando over becoming a Jedi? Um, not super shocked that he made that choice. To be honest, there's clearly a, a strong bond between them both, and um, and, and Luke did seem pretty shy as a teacher. That, that, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was surprised we saw it in this episode. Like me and you, we were theorising that um, we'd see it in Mando season three. So you know, don't don't John Favreau and Dave Filoni do, do they not listen to this podcast? Do they, do they not? understand the direction they're supposed to be taking. <laughs> I know. It's almost as if they think they're the experts in what works in Star Wars and what doesn't work. <laughs> oh, in Star Wars. No! Ridiculous! Honestly, it's not easy talking about Star Wars, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think the sequel trilogy already told us just how shite of a teacher Luke really was, but really how optimistic <laughs> he was going into the idea of being Kroger and uh, Soga said, oh, there'll be a great school here one day. And basically, look, you tried your best and you failed miserably. <laughs> Lesson here, never try. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I added a new no, dimension to the episode. I think you know, knowing that Krogi was going to be reunited with Mando at some point in the episode, uh, and then a lot of people find out when they, when they have that moment where he he's willing to stick with Boa Fett and go out all guns blazing is the idea of like he's assuming that obviously you'll never see Grogu again. So basically, 
he's got a lot of regard anymore for his own life. He's willing to go out, you know, in a place of glory, as it were. Yeah, he, he sort of says, you know, um, this is the way and honour and I love the little bit that I, but I think was, you really believe in all that? Um, I forget the actual phrase he uses now. Um, it was banter fodder or something. That's it, yeah, yeah, you really believe in all that banter fodder? Amanda goes, yes. And I just goes, good. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is, cause I was like, he is a Mandalorian given that he was a clone from a Mandalorian you know, being Django's son, obviously he doesn't go in for a lot of the time for all of that, you know, creep. But uh, it's very cool. I know we're jumping ahead with that scene, but it's cool that he you know, honors the deal that he made because it kind of goes back to when, uh, you know, Boba made the deal to honor the deal to help him get Grogu back when he was kidnapped by Moff Gideon, and he did see that through. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he is definitely um a man of honor and um, a man of his word the, the exact opposite of me when yeah when you think about it <laughs> but um it's not long after this that we realize that they've been double crossed by the families they've made a deal with and, and they start um attacking with hidden weapons they we seem as um attack and pin down the mods and also turn on um, Black Karistan, which the the braver men than me for doing it, or <laughs> aliens or species than may for turning on him, that's for sure. Yeah, totally. I mean, he was, out of all of them, like, I felt bad for the Gamorreans also. They're the only ones, like, you had to have somebody in his group. <laughs> yeah, side. yeah, yeah. They got pushed off a cliff, didn't they? But poor buggers. Yeah, they had to have somebody in his trip die, obviously, to make it a bit more dramatic and everything. But so they just got unceremoniously dumped off the cliff. But let's hear them, them two, the mods, and Chris Denton. He was the only one I was like, don't you dare kill him off. Don't you Yeah, dare. yeah. I, I did panic at one stage because it did look like his days were numbered at one stage. But uh, thank God that wasn't the case. There's been a lot of comparisons to like, other movies found by a lot of people in this uh, particular episode. And I. Uh, I really thought like I agreed with the sentiment that this scene was very much like a like a scene in the Godfather, like someone being double crossed and like assassination we put it on a like a rival gang member on like the Godfather or something like that. But like I did feel bad for the good morning because like they had made went to the effort in the first two episodes to make them look competent, like when Boba, you know, keeps them on and then they do like help save his life when they try when people try to assassinate him. And then they put very level offense keep getting pushed back closer and closer to the cliff, like why didn't you run forward towards the guys that attack? You don't go closer to the cliff, and then you hear them just squealing all the way down. Well, you know, they might have not realised it was there or, or forgotten. I mean, I've done stupid things. I I put some breakable right behind me. Forgot I've done that. Turned round and knocked it flying and smashed it to smithereens. These things are easily done. Damn it. <laughs> Yeah, I remember I was drying dishes. I wrapped uh, a cloth really tight around this glass, and then somebody said to me, "I went away, forgot that the glass was wrapped up, and I just pulled on the <laughs> oh, and it unraveled the whole the, the the glass fell on the floor and just smashed." Exactly, I've done that one before as well. Yeah, <laughs> oh shit, there's a cliff here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they got me. Uh, I think it's before when they first see that people positioned, they say like, "Ah, right, well, we say nobody should be able to sneak up on us." 
And then the door comes and he goes, Lord Fed, there's someone here to see you. And then he turns to Phoenix and I thought you said no one could see me up on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he had the conversation with, uh, with Cad Bane. And also they kind of acknowledged the other history, even though they never really showed it in the, the Clone Wars. So they never got to run that storyline. They didn't acknowledge that it kind of did happen. So therefore it's kind of canon. So maybe they did have that shootout, but Cad Bane survived. Uh, which got the the dent in Boba's kind of helmet, but the idea of like Kai being able to walk so seamlessly and like without people noticing, like he's a big blue alien with bright red eyes and a cowboy hat on. How does this man sneak up on you? Yeah, um, he's the wrong shade of blue, though. Damn it! <laughs> I know. Therefore, everything he does is just wrong, and I don't care for it. I've also seen that his hat's too small as well, which. Oh. Um, just not having it, but oh, but yeah, it's just some people. It's just so cool, isn't he? I mean, yeah. I always thought it was pretty cool in the animations, but this um, CGI version of him or whatever it is, it's just yeah, it's just awesome the way he talks, everything about him. It's just like a cool MF. <laughs> yeah. Usually, have to kind of the square off the he knows that. Uh, being is working with the pigs and everything, he tries to warn him to basically you know, give up and everything. And then he basically reveals to him what happened with the Tuscan Raiders, and you can see Boba's kind of hanging and shaking mm. his face. Johnny wants to you know, take him out right there and then, but also this is what Cad Bane wants. He wants to get more emotional so he knows that he'll have the upper hand. But thankfully, Fennec Shanda convinces him to basically not, like, not right now, it's not the right time. Yeah, you you know, fight on on our terms and our time. She tells him, so uh, she sort of makes him stand down for the time being. Mm-hmm. So then, so we have everybody again taken out. Uh, Fennec goes to to save the mods, and then she kind of, she's kind of absent for the majority of the episode, which I thought was was strange. Yeah, um, I, I kept I, I kept wondering where the hell where the hell is she, but it all sort of came to light. Uh, near the end of the episode, which, which we'll get to, so I, I kind of like that. Yeah, she almost forgot her until she showed up later on, mm. and then like she saves the the mods because also she's also got the enhancements as well. And then all the weird like they say thank you to her, she goes, "Huh, manners, I like that." And then they just fuck us off. <laughs> yeah. And then there's, a, there's some peaks all gathered outside the sanctuary or what remains of it. So. Boba and Dinjar and they're getting ready to just go all guns blazing and then the the mayor's assistant gets up and goes, Oh, may I offer you uh, an alternative idea? And then also because he mentions not having much of an accent anymore because also we heard how like likes of Hera and the other Twilight speak on their home world, but when you notice when Hera leaves and rebels, she doesn't have that accent anymore. He goes like, Well you might not know from my vestiges of what's left of my accent, but I was educated on Coruscant. Not that it makes me better than you. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought the idea, like, people who like to, who went to a good school and like to tell you about it, like, I was educated on Coruscant. <laughs> 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 and then he basically offers the idea of them making an offer and negotiating a surrender, I think. So Boba grabs a pad and sends them out to negotiate with one of the... Uh, the the pipes and then I love like I was over like oh there's got to be more to this surely and so he's reading out goes Ali Boba Fett dime you of you know Tatooine make the following offer and then he just kind of pauses and like he's and the pigs like read it to goes I made the following offer nothing 
And then he's a bit how uh, if you don't go, you will, you know, fertilize once again fertilize the uh, the planet of Tatooine with the bodies of your dead. <laughs> His words, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was surprised because like Boa doesn't even have the title for that long, so I'm amazed at how quickly he's able to write. So, so they that. do that. They do that a lot on these programs, don't they? Someone does a quick scribble. They've written about a 12-page essay, but he can do that <laughs> in real life for reports and stuff. I know. So like, it looks like the the guy's gonna get shot, but it was all a distraction so that didn't and Boba Fett. Could ride on their jetpacks, which I was like, I loved getting to see the jetpacks. The jetpacks don't mm. get come at nearly enough. I'm sure it's got to do with the the, the budget for effects and shit like that. But I did love a couple of people commenting on it. So it's nice to both to remember he's got a jetpack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's one of the really cool scenes. It's had real like westerns, like like action movie vibe, like because there was a point where like they're back to back and. You know, they're shit taking out everybody, they're using weapons that you forgot they even had on their, their armor, like both has got missile things in his fucking knee, but I don't know where they came from. Yeah, and um uh, Mando still had some of his little they I forgot what they called them, those little those little missile things that yeah. fly off in all directions. <laughs> he he still had some of those to use, which was which is cool. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. And and yeah, it's 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 a really good battle. And um, just when you think they're they're outnumbered and doomed, the uh, the people from Freetown show up. Yeah, uh, they've got this kind of like weird kind of ship like cruise thing. I don't know what you call it, but it's got a gun on it, and they're all like using it for cover so they can shoot down like the peaks. And they're soon joined by the mods as well. And uh, then talks with the. Uh, I think obviously, like Carl Vance, like what happened with him was revealed by uh, Caribbean, so they know mm. they come in, so they kind of assume the people from Freetown aren't coming. Then they do come, uh, and so then says to the guy who's the bartender, he says, like, I'm sorry about the marshal, and he says he gunned him down in cold blood, which at that point made me like, oh, I was hoping to see like a bandaged up Carl Van leading them in, but like, oh, didn't really think, oh, we're not going to see him anymore, but we'd have to wait till later on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and they said they sort of they had to come after what happened to him, but um, isn't sort of insinuated by what he says. And they, yeah, uh, they they use the whatever it is tank type mm-hmm. job as cover, and they take take out most of the pikes. And just when it looks like they've got the upper hand, things start to escalate with some mm-hmm. like super droid things um, coming in with these massive force fields. Mm. Yeah, so like the second episode so far in the series where we've got big Terminator vibes. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like basically they've got like we their guns are positioned down, like they've got the shields. Also, it's very similar to the destroyer droids from like the prequels and the the Clone Wars. And I believe mm. that they came up with this design for these like droids, and they were at one point going to appear in like the the like, Geonosis big battle in episode two, and then they never end up using them. So. Clearly, we purposed them for this, but it kind of gave you a new setup. Because, like, if you've ever like watched the old like Star Wars, like Clone Wars, or the prequels, or basically played any games where these kind of droids with the force fields are there, you know how much of a pain they are. They are fighting. So even though they've got the numbers, you realise like, and Dexter's annoyed because some football team's doing well. 
<laughs> Have they scored again or something? <laughs> I, 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 I was sure it was full time, do you know, so it must be a different game. I don't know. I don't keep up with the football. <laughs> I'm sure if you do keep up with the football, there's podcasts in this feed for you to check out, but uh, I wouldn't know anything about it. Uh, what was I talking about? Yes, droids are paying the arse to fight, so even though they got the numbers out, they were still a bit fucked, it seemed like. Yeah, nothing seemed to be able to penetrate their um, uh, force fields as well. Even uh, Din Djarin tried to use the dark saber to little and no effect. So, um, yeah, they, they did look pretty much outmatched um, in the early goings by the, uh, by the droids. And... Um, we also yeah. see um, the um, the mods and some others get pinned down by a, a droid as well. Mm-hmm. I think I forgot to mention. I didn't realize. I thought I think it was before the droids show up. But when the reveal looked like Rosak was still alive, but wasn't. Yes. <laughs> and the moment where he's he's kind of getting shot as he's make trying to make the way to, I'm like, Jesus, this is like if a, they put a wiki in the movie Platoon, like that scene where one blows one and he's getting shot. <laughs> That's very much what I was getting from this. <laughs> and I was like, come on, like make your way, like make get to the end and then Boba Kai says to him, I oh yeah, so can they back the tank at one point. Yeah, as a as a point I can't remember when it is, but um the the two mods sort of help um Kristarian um walk as well, sort of doing that thing when they they take the his weight on their shoulders and uh, it's quite Quite cool to see them helping each other after they were, you know, trying to kill each other a few a few episodes ago. But um, I liked, I think it's Drash, the female. Uh, but she got she got quite a bit to do in this episode actually, and uh, I, I thought she did quite well. Yeah, I think the only ones at the mods are her and I can't remember his name, but the one who has the weird eye thing. They're the only two that really mm. get much like much dialogue of anything, and they like feature timing. <laughs> I did kind of love like the unnecessary nature of like there's a point where Chrysanthemum and those two mods are like shooting at the fights and the one with the eye thing feels the need to do a big twirl before he does a pose and then shoots the, the pike like come on in real life you'd been killed by then. Yeah but you know this is television you gotta make it look cool and swish. <laughs> Just looking in character the process like oh god I'm in a midst of a bad but I make myself look good twirl edgy. <laughs> Exactly, you you got to. You got it. So it's all about looking cool, Scott. Even in even in the face of doom. Yeah, you and I, Carl. We know we know about being cool, don't we? <laughs> oh, oh yes, definitely. <laughs> so they they say talk about needing reinforcements, and so Boba like asks them hold him off, and he flies away. And they check out. You don't know what he's gonna get. There were two possibilities I thought were gonna happen here. Uh, I thought either we could come back with big gunship and see how that fares against it, or it's going to be something else that we were promised earlier this season, which I was hoping it would be. Uh, and I think I was, it turned out to be right. But before then, we get Pelly Motor riding in on this weird like droid carry like thing, and then uh, what she's got like, and she's got her wee pet droid. She's got Grogu there. She goes, "Hey, Mando!" And then the she going, and he's like, "Get the hell out of here!" <laughs> Look who's come to see ya. <laughs> he's like hanging on the back of it and he sees Grogu kids as a doctor like, oh hey, like, 
Hey, it's great to see you, but what the hell are you doing here? You shouldn't be here. Like, very unsafe to be here right now. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not the best moment to, to, for his reunion, bless him. But um, as always, Grogu proves useful in the end. Do the reader good does that kind of a big jump like after what he's learned about doing the, the proper force jumps from Luke where he just jumps to give Mando a hug that was very nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> ah. it's like when Dexter greets me after I've been to the shops <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but but Dexter would be useless against Detroit unlike Grogu who does <laughs> he like, could bark it to death <laughs> Oh. No, honestly, that dog barks, you know, like thinking he's a tough guy, but really he's scared of his own shadow, that dog, honestly. Ah, oh, bless him. <laughs> yeah, like, so track, they get the, the weird cars and gets blown over, they're getting pinned down by the droids, and then we hear kind of a roaring sound, and then over, climbing over one of the houses, we see Boba Fett riding around for, as we were teasing about some episodes earlier. Oh, what a, what a moment. I think if he, if he, did, if he had them say, I want to learn how to ride this, and then didn't show us him riding a Rancor, and the whole series would have been for nothing. I, know, I completely forgot about the Rancor and riding it. So I was, I was popping big time when, when I saw this on screen. I was like, yes, get in. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he was able to batter the, um, the, the droids, thank goodness. Yeah. Like he was able to like weaken the shields at least with with just force and like got then like able to get through the weakened shield with the dark saber. Uh, Grogu like uh, manages to pull like a bolt out of the leg, which does that fall out. <laughs> Takes a bit of a fall, but you know he's protected with that best guard in battle. He was dealing it so he could get another toy, just like that other circular thing that he was playing with on Mando's old ship. He he did seem to like that bolt thing though, didn't he? He looked he looked quite pleased with himself. <laughs> like I'm helping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the final light below is dealt with the rancor grabs it and uh, his best Palpatine impression. Both that tells him do it, and the <laughs> rancor just rips it apart. <laughs> it's very. It was very much a like big kaiju, like Godzilla King Kong esque fight with uh, the rancor and these droids, which I love to see. Yeah, and we also see um, uh, the mods and some of the free time folk get pinned down by the other droid and uh, drashed to the same name. She, she's like, look, we can't, we've got to stay here. And they were like, but the droids will, will kill us. And she's like, look, I know this time, there's, there's nowhere else to go. We'll, we'll be op- out in the open if we go any further. We have to make our stand here. And um she takes one of their uh, rifles, doesn't she, to um, to try and help take it out. While you and she climbs up, while some of the others distract her, uh, distract the droid. So that that's quite a nice bit, watching them sort of band together and help and try and help each other. But in the end, it's uh, Boba Fett and the, the Rancor that uh, takes it out properly. Mm-hmm. Then, then, then also the celebrations for that cut shot because also there's still quite a few like bikes to be dealt with and then coming around the corner just strutting as casual as you like uh, is Cad Bane who then just 
blows fire right in the rancor's face. Yeah. Doesn't even flinch at the rancor. Everyone else is scared to death. <laughs> he just walks up to it like it's fucking nothing, doesn't he? <laughs> I think it goes to show like the difference between actual like you know fearless assassins and ones to pretend to be like. Because he had that one uh, order of the night watch, or whatever he was called, where Fenixian said they weren't that impressive. You're just paying for the name, and he immediately just at the thought of a rancor, like told Bob everything he wanted, or oh, and then Cad being face to face with an actual rancor, like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's get a fire. Here we go. <laughs> and then you get knocks Bob off his back, and then the rancor, as I put my notes, the rancor goes full King Kong as the rancor just starts climbing yeah. across the building. He goes uh, a bit like, yeah, King Kong, a bit like, also made me think about Hulk when he goes off on off on one when you think they saved the day and then and then Hulk decides to go off on one. So yeah, they had uh, a mad rancor to, to deal with. <laughs> I had to laugh at uh, Mando's attempts to, <laughs> to sort the situation out, bless him. <laughs> like, like, you see a more going, don't worry, he's got this, and then he fully does and goes, ah, well, maybe not. Also, the thing tries to bite on his helmet. Yeah, it's a good job that vest guard's as tough as shit as a thing, because he nearly got eaten. Yeah. And, uh, while that's going on, we have... Uh, Cad Bane and Boba finally having that face off and uh, when it comes to, you know, like shoot off, uh, Cad Bane's qu- clearly quicker and then he talks about, you know, being, you know, you know being with the Tuscans, that's made you, like, weak and everything and uh, he, yeah, Boba's not a boy anymore, you know, you can't just, you know, bully me and then also it looks like Boba's now outgunned, but then he has to, he shows obviously how much the, the same with the Tuscans has helped them because it's using the, the Tuscans gaffy stick they help him get the elf for hand where he takes down Cad Bane and then just stabs him right in the chest with a very look of, of vengeance, you know, the idea that like he's avenging the, the Tuscan, he just stabs him right in the chest, which a lot of people were annoyed because they didn't want to see Cad Bane killed off, but I put, I put in my notes, he kills Cad Bane, or does he? You know, there was that beep, they lingered on that beeping on his chest, is he? He's still alive, you, don't, you saw the body, but the body may have been breathing, we don't know. Maybe I'm just hoping on to hope. You just never know with these programs, do you? No. <laughs> you know, these, these um, an alien species, so you don't know what it might take to kill him, so he, he might still be alive, you never know, but he, he did look pretty dead. But then, this time last week, I was saying that about another character, which we'll get to in due course. So, so who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure someone out there also has a bad to tank that uh, Cadby can take a soak into. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll feel better soon. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? And uh, yeah, um, still struggling in their attempts to bring the the rancor into under control. Uh, Grogu steps up and reaches out of the force and uh, I imagine he must be connecting with it somehow and he manages to put the Rancor to sleep. So uh, Grogu does help save the day in his own way, which is really cool to see. Without having to hurt the Rancor as well, which is cool. Yeah, because the other mods were sitting there not really... I thought it was when the mods were shooting at, like, do you not realise, you know that Boba's got a rancor and you saw him by dental, why are you trying to shoot the thing? 
Like Shirley Bowler would be annoyed at you for doing that, but he uses obviously waistline with Luke and using the force to communicate with it almost, and he puts it to sleep, and then obviously because he it takes so much out of him, he just lays down next to him and has a wee has a wee nap. <laughs> that was so cute. He sort of snuggles up next to it, doesn't he? <laughs> I love how you kind of almost useless, uh, apart from like bringing Grogu to Mando, how useless kind of fairly Moto and uh, the mayor's assistant who is still hanging about work is there's a point where like they're holding on like Grogu and then Riker yells in their general direction and they just tickles up with them just going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like random like civilians in a monster moving. <laughs> <laughs> so then the Rancor is going to put it asleep. We don't know who. Then it cuts to later on where and I'd forgotten the Penny Chang was even around. Uh, and she kind of not only takes out the mayor and the pike leader, but the three kind of representatives of the, the three clans who portrayed Boba were all there as well. And from off screen, she kind of kills all of them, kind of hangs up the mayor almost, and then kind of sneaks up behind, stabs the the pike leader in the back because they the pikes kind of know that they've been have been beaten. But you know, she usually sends a message to like, yeah, don't you don't get to fuck with Boba Fett. Yeah, definitely. She sort of showed her. Um, master assassin um, credentials with um, with what she did at the end of this episode, which was really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, we don't know how much time's passed, but we get to see Boba uh, wandering through the streets of Mos Espa, and everybody's now going from nobody respecting him to now everybody respects him. Like people are bowing and like kneeling to him, he goes like. Wire. He goes, he need, but he's kneeling with the left arm, and he's because he's and that still hurt from his fight with Cabby. Like, why are all these people bowing to me? Why does it have to be the left arm? And then he goes, well, it's better than people shooting at you. And somebody, you know, gives him a bit of fruit, so it goes to show that like he's been accepted as you know a position of authority, someone who should be respected within the the town. And uh, he says, yeah, somebody needs a spot in the back to think someone's using it. I assume they met Chrysanthemum, but then we see Chrysanthemum and the uh, the mods, and Boba gives it to his bit of fruit to Chrysanthemum, and the mods like, why does he get the fruit? And they're like, do you want to try and take it off him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when he says that, Chrysanthemum just growls at him, like, don't you fucking dare. <laughs> and I don't know what you thought about this, but some people were then like, well, before the credits, that the final shot was not a Boba Fett and his own show, but it was this Final shot was of Mando and Grogu. Grogu's now in the hollowed out astromech bit of the ship. Now he's kind of tapping on the things like, go on, press the, press the button. No. <laughs> okay, one last time. And then they do like the hyperspeed kind of thing. And you see Grogu's just having a whale of a time in the ship. Yeah, he's got that little um, silver knob thing from one of those levers from the old ship as well that he he likes to he likes to have. So well, that was cool. Yeah, and he goes into hyperdrive. So it looks like we're going to get more adventures of Mando with with Grogu still, which uh, is what we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I remember like the post credit scene of Mando season two was Boba Fett killing Bad Fortune, which helps set up this show. So it only makes sense that. The final spot before the credits here would be a Mando and Grogu now being reunited because those do their adventure. That's going to be the focus of Mando, like season three. Yeah, maybe maybe Bubba Fett will crush his episode and have a Bubba Fett episode and be like, "See, how do you like it?" <laughs> just like you're showing up, just seeing him wandering <laughs> Tatooine. Like, ah, life is good now, you know. And I've still got my rancor. Just see him riding around on the rancor, like. You know. 
Nobody will fuck with you. You're riding a rancor. <laughs> I remember when he left to go get reinforcements. There were people who claimed that they thought when he left that it was going to be a big reveal that some of the Tuscans were still alive or whatever, and they were going to come help. But like, I thought that would have been kind of a, a shit way to end it because like the whole thing was like their death had helped, and the same with them helped shape him into the version of Boba Fett he is now. So some of them magically being alive or somehow imagining to find them would have kind of, I think. It wouldn't have been as effective, I don't think. No, yeah, it, it would have lessened uh, the impact of uh, their deaths if they brought some back. So, uh, glad they didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But we do have a post credit scene as we see who is in the back of the tank. It's, uh, it's called Vance, and uh, his best Steve Jobs turtleneck, it looks like. Uh, <laughs> and standing over him is the, the same guy from the, the mod police that helped Phoenix Shan. So, Boba Fett's called in a favour. And it looks like we're going to find a way to keep Gob Vance around. So uh, how he factors into later shows like uh, maybe a second series of Boba Fett or Mando season three uh, remains to be seen. But uh, I think it all over you. I'd be just early when I saw him in that back to tank. Yeah, well, I wasn't too sure it wasn't us, but yeah, I was. I, was, I, I rewatched it a couple of times to try and see, but I wasn't. I wasn't too sure who it was meant to be, but. Um, reading several things about the episode and speaking to you, it's quite clear that it that is Cobb Vance. So, yeah, whether he crops up in future episodes of The Mandalorian or some other uh, Star Wars series, um, let's hope he does. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's hope so. So, uh, I think it's to the end of the bigger Boba Fett. Uh, at least the first series, if there'll be a second one. Uh, as soon as after Mando and Obi Wan, we'll hopefully get a Mando season three, maybe sometime next year. And who knows when we'll get another Boba Fett series? But would you be into seeing another uh, bigger Boba Fett series, or do you think he's better suited to you know maybe crossing over cases to shows like Mando? Uh, I've I don't know I don't know where he could take the story now. Um, he's sort of being confirmed as a dim jaron of the. Um, Moss Esper. So, um, I don't know. I think perhaps if so, the story might be done and yeah, he might be better just guest starring on um, other shows. I mean, he wasn't even in every episode of his own damn show for a start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, maybe it would be worth kind of having an episode where you get to see in Mando TV like what he's been up to before him kind of repaying Mando and helping him with whatever he's got going on. You know. Kind of like, yeah, so like we just need to check on him. Like that Grief Karga character from Mando, like you did, he wasn't in all the time, like especially after season two, but you occasionally got to check in with him what he was doing. But I wouldn't mind if it, I think the bigger role of it had told the story it needed to, as you said, like what, what he was up to, how is why he's doing the things he does, and how his past has helped shape him. So he's up, I'm good for him just showing up in, in Mando or any other series, but you know, I think I'm. Honestly, now you've seen Matt got to see Mando and touch a problem with these last few episodes, it's going to be thinking, oh, oh, that's nice. And then realizing, oh, God, it further reinforces how much longer we probably have to wait before we get Mando season three. Yeah, it, it's going to be a while, isn't it, unfortunately? But, um, you know, we've got a lot of Obi Wan 2 to keep us going. And um, I don't know when the soak is scheduled to go out. I, mean, I imagine it's going to be. At the end of 2022, maybe early 23. So uh, we've got that to look forward to as well. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, I see, I'm definitely interested to see how that goes because basically, like, shows like Obi Wan and Ahsoka, I'm looking forward to because yeah, we got Force users in like these shows like Boba and and Mando, but they're not the main focus. Like the focus is more you know, the other aspects of Star, like the bounty hunters or the mercenaries and people like that. But you see, uh, shows like these, like Obi Wan and Ahsoka, where the Force like users are like the main focus again. It'll be very interesting to see because. Uh, you know, the whole point, all reason I think Mando took off in the first place in the first season was how because of how different it was. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it was such an enjoyable pro- program and the whole sort of almost like a Wild West vibe, which mm-hmm. I've really enjoyed about it. And it's just above the fact of the, uh, like a Wild West vibe as well, especially when you consider sort of Cad Bane's aesthetics as well. Mm-hmm. And like, being in this show, it helps us kind of further speculate what we'll see in Man of Season 3 because you think that you'll uh, try and, well, he wants to keep Grogu because it seems like they're in a permanent like, pair and there's no kind of like mission to return him to his own kind, but now don't you assume he'd try and redeem himself if he wants to, you know, be accepted again with the other Andalines. He's still got the Darksaber. We know that Moff Kane's technically still out there and uh, Gitan and that are still out there, so wouldn't be surprised to see those the other man who's like uh Gitan play a major role and you know Jesse Vance claims, No, I'm not filming any more Star Wars, but you know, who knows what to believe with that woman. She's not she's not done a hell of a lot of WWE T V lately and I've seen a lot of rumours flow around that that's probably the reason why, but I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, she said she was only in one episode, one and done episode um, when that uh, episode of The Mandalorian popped out, and then she was in the season finale. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never believe Sasha Banks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She'll turn heel on you at the drop of a hat. <laughs> I'll never forget the random time she turned on Bailey and the elimination when they're both cleaning up and she's kind of looked down her like scar, like having her long live the king moment just kicks her off. Enough <laughs> 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 oh, to put Sasha Banks. I know there's people out there who would love to hear us talk about Sasha Banks, but this is not the show for that. No. Uh, uh, but, girl, overall, what is your rating for the finale? of the Book of Boba Fett. It's going to have to be a, a 10 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. And it tied up all of these ends um, from the start of the series and also some loose ends from The Mandalorian as well. So um, not a lot to fault. You, you got like a an old Western-style standoff between Cad Bane and Boba Fett. We got Boba Fett riding a rancor. Grogu <laughs> was back. Um, what more could you want? Mm-hmm. I think like having like this uneven number of episodes and then diverting from the story left you with some many questions. But I think that they maybe did that consciously because they knew that meant that they could basically pack the finale so you didn't have a minute to... Because like, as soon as you're getting over one thing, I'm mean, thinking, oh, another thing's happening. So it keeps you hooked for the full hour. Mm. So it was really smart in that regard. So yeah, I can't argue with a 10 on 10 either. You know, overall, I'm sure there are people who are very questionable in the show. Like the idea of some people didn't like the flashback, some people didn't like the fact that the things were taken away from Boba Fett. But you know, again, it's more of an interconnected world. So I don't mind the focus being taken away from Boba slightly. 
What do you think, sir? Some people are saying like they didn't get the flat, like the flashbacks, like the way they were because they're going back and forth in the back tank. Some people say that they thought that the <clears throat> that they felt maybe they should have done the flashbacks in chronological order, then cut to like the main like timeline of like Boba trying to earn respect. No, I mean, I wasn't too sure about the flashbacks to begin with, but they all sort of tied in and, you know, the story would make less sense without them. So uh, I've got no problem with, uh, how, you know, the flashbacks and how they were um, sort of done, maybe not chronologically, chronology but they, they they worked for me is what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. uh, in the end i know i know uh earlier in the podcast I, I did say i was a bit unsure about them but yeah all tied in at the end so uh fair enough mm-hmm. yeah i agree because like the first if we were going to do like chronological that means the first episode would have basically been made up of the flashbacks from the first two episodes like with the train robbery and him earning respect and all that and like it would have probably been fine they would have flowed together and I'm sure there have been some fun stuff. Like the, the train scene was a really fun scene, but the idea of opening the show with that, uh despite the trailers not really showing anything with flashbacks and obviously people were going to like what's happening in the modern time, people wanted to know what was happening, following him, like killing uh Bib Fortune and everything. So I enjoyed the flashback sequence as well. So overall, obviously like I'm still in for Demando on that, and I'm not really. It wouldn't be too well if we didn't get a season two. But for what what they had to, the story they were telling, I think they did it as well as they could have done. But that is Mandalorian. But mm. Carl, <clears throat> well. if they if they'd started with the flashbacks, it'd be like started a brand new series as a '60s sitcom with no explanation or or reason why it started like that and you wouldn't do that would you so oh, oh hold on a minute no you couldn't keep people invested in a show like that for one two or even say nine episodes <laughs> <laughs> just wouldn't work would it <laughs> would not work at all but carl we both rated this 10 out of 10 we're finishing on a high here but another day another series over and that means we ought to find something else to keep turn our attention to because we can't go too long without another series to focus ourselves on because, you know, we have low attention spans, we need something, we need content <laughs> all the time. And so if there's no new content being released, then we have to go back to content that's already out there that at least one of us has not seen yet. And uh, I know you've mentioned it before and I've been kind of reluctant because I wasn't sure how I'd, if I'd enjoy it or not, but uh, you've heard Carl mention it. I've, I've basically given in for what we're going to do next. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to do The Witcher. First season. We're going to do the first season of The Witcher. You want okay. to talk? And you, you want to talk about confusing timelines? Uh, don't tell me that because now I'll, <laughs> I'm going to be confused, and then I'll be. <laughs> Uh, I was thinking we'll do the first episode as its own thing and then maybe double up from there because uh, if, if I enjoy it fair enough then we can find later on when, the, when again, there's another period when nothing else is going on we can come back to season 2 but you know although but we do the double up after the first episode that basically means if I'm not enjoying it I'll be like let's get through this because I'm not enjoying it 
I mean, we don't have to do it at all if you really don't like it that much. We'll, do, we'll watch the first episode and, and see what you think, I say. Yeah, definitely. I mean, knowing me, if I get to the middle of the season and I'm like, I don't like it, but like my stubborn brain will tell me, like, you know, but I need to keep with it because <laughs> there'll, people, there'll, people, there'll be people who tell me, who tell me oh, you should have kept with it. It gets good after insert episode here. Hmm. <laughs> uh, like... I've given up on shows midway through, like some shows I stick with, but some shows I just give up on. Like I got to the fourth season of Breaking Bad, and like I still don't see where everyone else does. I'm I'm tapping out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I'm the same. I've uh, given up on on series when I haven't thought they were going anywhere. Like Gotham, I sort of kept dipping in and out, but I think sort of midway through the third season, I was like, no, I just not doing anything for me. Yeah. But there we are, we got a bit of a gap between you know, Disney Plus releases, so we're trying something different. We're going over to Netflix now. <laughs> uh, and now it's the first time, Carl, that it'll be something that you've already seen and are watching back, but I have no idea. I'm going in completely cold. <laughs> it will be quite interested. I will be sort of interested to hear your takes on uh, what you think when you watch the first episode, I must admit. And it'll be interesting. Maybe part of my, my hesitation about it, you know, is part of the fact that I don't really, I'm not a big fan of Henry Cavill. <laughs> Take that back! I will not. <laughs> I mean, maybe he'll be good in this particular role, but in the roles I've seen him in, uh, I've not really been a fan of him. I mean, you know, I already, already found Superman a bit of a bland character, but he added a new dimension of bland to that portrayal. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the last ever passing night. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a bit, I've not I'm not given an actual rogue opinion in a long time, so you know I need to. Otherwise, we lose the license to the branding. <laughs> if you're telling me you didn't even like the Martha twist, next, how dare you? Anyway, before I mean. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to try something something different. Yeah, and like I said earlier, I'm talking about something long after a lot of other people have probably talked about it. But yes, look, what's your season one? Or at least episode one will be the next episode you hear from us. Uh, I have no idea what to expect from this. And I'm sure Carl is just pissing his fellies to, to, get, to talk about The Witcher finally. I am actually, I'm excited. <laughs> well, Carl, in the meantime... What else have you got going on in the world of Rogue Pines before we, we set our sights on The Witcher and blonde or bleached hair Henry Cavill? <laughs> uh, um, not a lot, actually. A bit of a blank slate going on at the moment. Uh, everyone I normally part of is, is busy or otherwise engaged and Man United are crap, so I don't really want to talk about, <laughs> <laughs> don't really want to talk about football. <laughs> um, have you considered but... talking about Rangers? <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, um, yeah, me and Scott, me and Scott are going to be back doing a football podcast of it. Let's go Rangers! And Scott doesn't even know I all about football, so that should be fun. <laughs> I'm just getting my brother live sent, sending me like notes live about the team, like as we're going. <laughs> so that Alfredo Morelos, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Someone put the round thing in between two stacks. 
But uh, yeah, you can go back to the back catalogue and check out the Buffy pods that I've recorded, the Guns and Devils with um, Liam and the tennis pod with Nathan, which will be coming back uh, maybe for the Indian Wells um, tournament, I think, which is around March time. So you can look out for that. And I'm sure I'll be back with some of these pods um, reasonably soon when people uh, are free and available. This, you know, Podding ain't easy because real life gets in the way of everything. It, it really does. I don't have as much to talk about. I, I said no, I see that now. I remember what new plug I actually do, but some of that was some of something I talked about I already recorded a while ago, so that's a bit better. But coming out should be later in the week. Uh, a new episode of Roll Retro Smackdown, the Go Home Show for Judgment Day two thousand uh, is coming. So that should be an interesting what to talk about. Uh, we talked about some weird shit in that episode. That's just uh, we get sidetracked a lot. Uh, it's on Ball Valley Podcast, which you can also find on this feed and its own feed where you get your podcast. You can follow that on Twitter at SP Rambling. Uh, we've got some episodes that we pre-recorded. We've got an episode about Fraser coming out soon, and maybe sometime next week it'll be coming out an episode that we recorded. We will give our top five underrated new generation matches. So that's an interesting one. You know, it's a weird air era of wrestling the WF new generation uh, with uh, talking about wrestling Eat Sleep Super Bowl, which we I was on a recent feature show for them talking about St. Valentine's Day Massacre uh, and shit, giving out shit about one match in particular but also talking about fluffy blind mean big show hair also if you like wrestling and you also like daytime quiz shows or whenever it's on we, uh, ESSR quiz show they're doing a version of the chase a wrestling version of the chase with myself as the chaser. So if I see me try and you know ruin some people's evenings, I'm sure that's coming out sometime this weekend. But all of the stuff has already been pre-recorded, so thankfully I get a bit of a break this weekend, and I don't have to record anything. Yay! But uh, soon, <laughs> Carl, you, me, and I believe Nathan will be getting together to record the 500th pod. Uh, don't know how much we want to let people know what we got planned for that. Yeah, we're going to hopefully do some fantasy booking. Uh, I don't think I've too much away right now. But yeah, we're currently on something like 484, 85. So the road to 500 begins here. Absolutely. Carl doesn't want to give away just how much more of influence that Disney now has over his show after his excellent uh, Disney mania that he did last time he did fantasy booking. Exactly. It's going to be a bit more subdued than that. I've I've got nine I've got nine pages written out. Uh, it'll be an odyssey, I imagine. And God knows what Nathan's Nathan's coming up with. You never know what that man. But uh, I'm just put, still putting the pieces of minds together. So look forward to that when it happens and everything else we've got going on and all the stuff that you can check in our back catalog if you haven't checked out already. We got. Getting to 500 podcasts it takes a lot of effort and it ain't easy, Carl, but we did it. it we did. We got there. We, we, we've done our book of Boba Fett. This is the way. Bye-bye. Bye.